Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Grove with Jerry. I'm Jerry. On this episode of On the Grove with Jerry, I want to talk about uh, my background, a little bit about myself and where I came from and kind of how I got to where I am today and exactly where it is that I'm at today. Yeah, so um, I grew up in a town called Theodore, Alabama. Um, That's in Mobile, Alabama. So it's really um, the southernmost part of Alabama. Um, I have, I grew up with my mom, Henrietta, uh, my dad, Jerry Sr., uh, my middle sister, Ashley, and my oldest sister, Shawana. Um, They are all doing a lot of great things. Um, So growing up, parents they worked hard that's how I kind of learned how to be an adult now by taking the time to sit back and really observe how my parents were parents um we didn't have much growing up but I appreciated everything I had so I always knew when I got older I was going to do my best to keep my family out of that situation. I'm still working today, so we're going to get there. And that's a mindset that I have that I'm not going to stop until I'm able to do that for them because they sacrificed a lot for me when I was growing up. So in my town, church-going family, uh, we always went to church. Um, A lot of my story started when I was young because I had a lot of troubles growing up. Be like it, you would, you wouldn't think that a child would have a lot to go through, but I mean, I beg to differ. Um, a lot of things happen like at church because I was always a, a a kid that wanted answers. I didn't care that you were older than me or whoever. You thought you were, whatever your status was or title, I always wanted answers. If you demanded something of me, majority of the time you can expect me to challenge that answer or challenge what what you what it is that you're asking for me to do. And a lot of adults didn't like that. They didn't really like me because of that. And I mean, I knew it, but it didn't really bother me. So I just kept it moving. Um And then another problem that I ran into at a young age is I didn't go to my neighborhood elementary school. I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't go to my neighborhood elementary school and none of my family did. I believe my sister, my oldest sister, maybe went for a little bit, but we transferred to a different school because my parents believed in. Having a better education. I'm not knocking my neighborhood school at all because I know some people that went there and they're very intelligent people. But my parents believed that transferring us to a different school was the better move for us. And it wasn't a private school or anything like that. It was just in a different neighborhood. So that led to me um, being involved with white people. Um Yes, I am black. If you did not know that by now, I am. Um, I grew up in a black neighborhood. Um, It was a black side and a white side separated by train tracks. That's how I grew up. And I went to elementary school on the white side of town. 
Um, I was exposed to a lot of white people. I had white friends. My best friends are white people. I don't I don't care. I don't discriminate. Like I don't see things that way. I see people for people. Um, so it really took me out of the neighborhood in in a way because everything I did, I ended up going away from the neighborhood. So growing up, I played baseball at a young age. I don't remember how young I was, but I remember playing t-ball and everything in my neighborhood, even though I didn't go to my neighborhood school. I was really good at baseball. It was my first love. It was everything I wanted to do. I was like, oh, I love baseball. Um, And then one thing I'm grateful for, my parents never pushed me to play sports. I decided it all on my own, which is good. Um, My older sisters, they were very involved as well. They um, were in the band. They both played instruments with flag core as well. Um, My dad played football in high school. I'm not sure about my mama, but I'm sure she did something active just because of her personality. Um, So, um, yeah. So back to baseball. I played baseball in my neighborhood for... For as long as I can remember, it was up until maybe like fourth or fifth grade. And that's when I started playing football. So having friends in my elementary school, um, they played football at the neighborhood park, TAA, um, Theodore Athletic Association, which was the park that I played at. Um, And then so one day I was watching college football with my dad and I told him, like, oh, I want to play football. And he took me over to the park because our neighborhood team didn't have a football team. I'm pretty sure if they would have had a team, then I would have played there. And then a lot of things would have been different. So um, he took me over there and then I started playing football. And then we got involved in that and playing football with um, all my friends. And I was a big child, like heavy child. So I couldn't play with my age group. I had to play up an age group. And then I was still too heavy to play with that age group. So I had to be a striper. So what that is for people that don't know, a striper is a person that can only play on the offensive, offensive and defensive line. Um, If you know me or you follow my career in sports, I played multiple positions as I got older. So (laughs) that was funny to know that I had to play Left guard, left tackle, right guard, right tackle, defensive like tackle, nose guard, all of that stuff. If you know me now, it's funny to sit here and look how I look now and then think back to where I started. Humble beginnings, to say the least. So um, once I was playing football, all my friends were on the football team because if anybody plays a sport, you know that if you play a sport you see those people every day and you create a bond where you're almost inseparable so then all my teammates were playing baseball at the park that we played football in and then that led to me wanting to play baseball in that park as well so what do you think I did I started playing baseball in that park and then people in the neighborhood didn't really like it because once again they felt like we thought we were too good to be in the neighborhood when that was never true. So, I mean, 
all this time, I'm like 10 years old and I'm understanding all of this stuff that's going around in my surroundings at a young age. I'm very thankful for it because it exposed me to people's true colors and how people really feel and how people, even though you're young, they don't want to see you be great. They always want to see you fall. The majority of people always want to see you fall. So, I mean, it didn't matter. Time went by. Um, I started to grow a little bit. Um, we actually won the Youth Bowl in 2005 with that team. Some of the greatest guys I know to this day were from that team. Even their parents, some of the greatest people I know are from that team. Um, so then back to baseball. I was playing baseball in the park um, at TAA, like a majority white people. Um, there's only a few black people in this park. Um, that kind of gives you a visual of how separated things were um, where I'm from. And then I would go back and forth and like visit the neighborhood baseball park and take a couple swings and stuff like that. And it's just crazy all of the remarks that you would hear like, oh, that's what that's what when you go over there to the white folks, that's what what happened. Ah, uh, yeah, the white folks taught you that, huh? The white folks taught you that. Yeah, that's true, but why does it have to be so much animosity built up because I played baseball with white people? If I was going to be exposed to the same level of coaching with black people, then I would have done that too as well. Like, in a heartbeat, it was never about race. It just happened because... It's where I was in my life at that time, and it's where my parents took me. And I don't discredit my parents because I would say it was a great decision on their side to transfer my school and move me to that park because I'm a, I'm a successful young black man that has moved thousands of miles from home. I support myself, and I'm doing well. And those people that counted me out and wanted me to fail are stuck in Mobile, still talking about the next person. So I don't feel bad. I'm very thankful and grateful for the experiences that I had. So fast forward a little bit. Um, middle school, um, again, just playing sports at this time i'm i'm smart so i'm all i'm in advanced classes and everything of that sort and like i'm i have a weird friend group people would call it because you know in the movies and stuff you see like the geeks and the nerds and then you see the jocks and then the pretty girls and all of this stuff i was a person that was mixed in all the friend groups because I did play sports and like that led to me being around like females and then I was in advanced classes. So that led me to being around the quote unquote geeks. I mean, yes, I was one of the geeks and I love that fact about myself because I love the fact that I'm intelligent. I love that I was like in the top of my class when I graduated high school. I love the fact that I got my undergraduate degree and I'm working on my master's degree and I'm 23 years old. 
I'm proud of all of that. If I wasn't intelligent and if I would have never challenged myself in the classroom, I would have never been where I'm at today. So I am very, 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 very thankful and blessed to have the ability to be smart, <laughs> if that's the way to say it. Um, yeah, so in middle school is when I started to sprout a little bit. Um, I was still very shy in my shell, glasses, never wore contacts, trying to play basketball and stuff like that. And it didn't work out well without glasses, and I refused to wear goggles. So I finally got contacts, and that's when I felt like I was on and popping because I got a little tall. I had got braces, so my teeth were straight, got a haircut, mm-hmm, was playing football, basketball, baseball, everything I could play. And it's crazy because sixth grade, I had an afro, braces, glasses. And then seventh grade, what they did was split the girls and boys up. So I had a whole year to just get right. And that's what happened <laughs> under God's good grace. Um, so, yeah, seventh grade is going good. Eighth grade, that's when you're starting to figure out yourself. Um, and then that's when I started getting a little notice from the high school coaches. Um, my, like I said, my sisters were involved in band and stuff like that. So I went to the games to see them. But I was never a person that was, like, big on sports. Like, oh, that's such and such. Or, oh, that's coach such and such. I never was like that. So I didn't even know the high school coach's name or anything of that sort. So it was one day in eighth grade before a game. Um, one of the high school coaches came up to me pregame and asked me my name. What's your name, son? I said, Jerry Gibson. Are you coming to Theodore High School next year? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, great. I want to talk to you after the game. I, mean, I didn't think anything of it because I'm just focused on – the current game that I'm about to play. So, and then all my friends and teammates around me were making such a big deal about it because they were like, oh, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? That's coach such and such. He's He coaches at the high school. That's crazy. That's lost. I was like, oh, cool. So I went home, told my dad and stuff like that. And then um, turns out that he was one of the varsity coaches. And, he wanted me to come work out in the summer along with a couple of my friends from that team. And he pulled me to the side and said, hey, Jerry, I want you to play varsity. Um, so I went home, told my dad again, and I played varsity as a freshman. I did play a little bit of JV and freshman football. I, like I said, I wanted to do everything I could. So um, that's high school. But the crazy thing about high school is even though my coach wanted me to play varsity, he didn't want me to be great. <laughs> like, how does that, that doesn't even make sense if you think about it. How do you want a young man to play on your varsity team, but you don't want him to be great? Uh, what I mean by this is um, athletes before me kind of got shortchanged out of furthering their careers because this coach would um, go pull a few strings to get a few grades bumped and things of that sort. And he would just really use people for 
the time being and really didn't want to help people further their career. And I just feel like he he was a selfish coach. I mean, everybody who's been under him or has heard of him really knows that he's a selfish person and good thing that he's gone and the people that have come after me have had better experiences. I mean, I'm proud to have weathered that storm so that people could see and get rid of him and then bring in a new guy. And the new guy, I would like to say, I really like him. He's doing a lot of good things down there in my high school, and I'm thankful for him, and I'm thankful for what he's done for the program. And a lot of good things are coming out of that program down there in Theodore, so I'm really happy about it. Um, and then, but... Back to the coach that really didn't want me to be great. Um, he wanted me to play defense. I didn't want to play defense. I wanted the ball. I wanted to be flashy. I wanted to be all this. And let me start this by saying I was very average. I wasn't the greatest. I was just good at a lot of different things. So it made me look really good. I was very average. I was the okay player. Um, and... It was one day he was like, Jerry, I want you to play defense. I was like, mm, can I play offense? He was like, if you're going to go to the next level, then you're going to play defense. And I was like, no. So what I did, I went to a football camp at the local college, and I worked out as a tight end and receiver. And then I did pretty good, and it turns out that the coach noticed me and wanted me to um, – wanted one of the receivers to work out with me um, on a few weekends, I mean, anybody that knows like college football and recruiting and stuff like that knows that you kind of got to do a little bit of stuff just to see people um, without doing illegal stuff. And I really appreciate um, that organization for doing it legally. Yes, they could have approached me, and yes, they could have had me work out with them and stuff like that, but that's not legal. So, I mean, I'm thankful for that. And then I went back and told my coach, like, oh, he's going to be so excited for me. And then he was like, oh, sure, like, I'll put you at tight end. And I did good, and I made a career out of it. And he didn't like me because I proved him wrong that I could do it and that I could make it. And he really tried his best to sabotage me. When I say his best, he really tried to. Um, so, um, after, like, so it was a couple of guys on that team that were getting recruited, but we never knew that we were getting recruited um, until he left. And then the new coach came in and then started to tell us that we have been getting interest, but we were never informed about this. So... Recruiting started to pick up a little bit, and then as he saw the traffic of coaches to come see myself and my teammates, he started to sabotage us, me in particular. So I had a few coaches come to a game or so. Um, so a little bit of information. After he stopped coaching, he became the athletic director of the high school Um because his dad was in the school board and his brother was a coach at another school. So how are you going to fire him? You know he's going to have some kind of pool somewhere. Um, so, yeah, 
uh, he would. So obviously he would know that these coaches were coming. And then obviously as as the athletic director, you control who's the coach. So put yourself in that perspective. If you're a new coach and you have the athletic director telling you to do something, then you're going to do it pretty much like nine times out of 10, you're going to do it. So I would get benched when college coaches would come. Like I never, like I wasn't a troublemaker. I was in top of my class. I was like on time. Like I did normal, like high school kid stuff, but nothing to get in trouble and nothing to get benched for. Um, And it was just funny because after that game, the coaches, it was like three schools, and they all went up to my mom and dad in the stands and questioned, like, what happened? What did he do? And they were just so appalled and confused that they would bench me knowing that they were coming and they didn't get to see me play. Like They spent all their time to come see me play, and they weren't able to see me play. I played a position that they weren't even recruiting me for. So that's, that's like type of sabotage I had to deal with, like multiple games back to back to back. So I caught on, and I didn't say anything. Like my coaches would apologize, but they wouldn't really tell me what was going on. But because I paid so much attention to my surroundings and what was going on, I had this idea, and I just kind of, knew what was going on so I didn't fault them for that and I mean I handled it like a grown person like you gotta handle your business even as a child like I'm a firm believer like don't go run into mom and dad if you can handle the situations I really don't like people who are mm, let's see how I'm gonna word this I don't really like people who rely on mom and dad for everything um yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to, but for the people that don't have to and the people who are just really sheltered, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, I mean, no disrespect. I, and I'm not saying like everybody who relies on their mom and dad, but I'm saying the people who um, don't apply themselves and don't try to solve things for themselves or like the moochers that's the word the people who mooch off their parents i don't like that i don't respect those people um so yeah i um i handled those situations on my own um i mean thinking back on it i think my dad knew about it or we definitely talked about it since then but fast forward a little bit um, I get recruited. Um, I had, I believe, somewhere around 32 Division One scholarship offers um, all across the country. And then I got the University of Minnesota offer. Um, Coach Kill came down. Well, actually, Coach Savell came down there and sat with my coach and met with me and kind of I, I was a big 10 fan so I really liked Ohio State growing up which is weird because I grew up in Alabama you have Alabama and Auburn and Alabama State Alabama and m UAB you got a lot like 
It's <laughs> a lot of schools to be fans of, but I just liked Ohio State for some reason. Um, and I never heard of Minnesota before he came down there. I knew KJ was up here, um, but that was about it. And then once I sat down and talked to my coach, and he told me, he was like, Jerry, this is big-time football. Like, it's Big Ten. You'll get a great education. I was like, cool. Let me, let's go. I'm trying to get a visit. So I took a visit. Uh, my dad and I came up here, and it was my first taste of, like, what it felt like to be out of Alabama and out of Mobile and just be grown kind of sort of. Because, like, when I got off the airplane, it was people like, oh, hey, Jerry, I hope you enjoy your visit, and I hope to see you in maroon and gold next year. Yes, if you are a college athlete or if you're being recruited, you know how it feels. College fans, they are very passionate, and I love it. That's, like, it's the greatest feeling to feel so appreciated from people. You feel like they really know you. They really take their time to invest in you and come see you and make sure you're okay and make sure you're in the best facilities and make sure you're getting fed and everything like that so i really appreciate for all you people who help out college athletes um and just are fans because even if you can't help out being a fan is helping out because you have you're showing support because that the grind of a student athlete. I don't care what sport it is. It is different. It's not what people think. So um, being a college athlete is tough. Um, It's very tough because a lot of people have this idea that college athletes haven't made. Yes, majority of us did have scholarships. We did get our school paid for. Yes, but at the cost of what? Um, the NCAA controls pretty much everything you do almost. Um, they make billions of dollars off of you. Um, they can take your scholarship away for whatever reason. They don't really have your back until it's some crazy stuff. We can get into that later, but the NCAA is big business. Like, it's, whew, it's crazy. And then, so, let's just talk about being a college athlete here. Um where do I even start? You see all these commercials that say student athlete. Yes, you are a student because you are going to a university. Yes, you do have classwork. Yes, you are an athlete. But you are an athlete student. (laughs) You came there to play your sport. So... If your schedule doesn't fit with that class that you want to take because that's the major you want to take, oh, well, you can't take that class. And if you need that class as a requirement for your degree, well, you better reconsider (laughs) what you want to take because you aren't missing practice for class every day. So that's why you have to make sure all your classes align with your practices. Then you have practice and then study hall and then classes. It's just so much. At the end of the day, I love it because I love the grind. I'm very thankful for it. But regardless, like I was going to go to school regardless, football or not. I was going to school. I had my mind made up. That's why I was so heavy in the books because 
I was like, my parents aren't paying for me to go to school. I'm not taking any loans. I'm going to get really good test scores and get scholarships. And I was blessed to have that option. Like, do I want to go play football or do I want to just go to school and live my life? And I decided to go play football. And I'm very thankful for it. But during my time as a student athlete, it was tough. It was the craziest roller coaster of my life. I cannot begin to explain it. Like, some of the best moments of my life, some of the worst moments of my life all happened when I was in college. And some people, you should just go to college, get an education, and just experience it. I know a lot of people that are on college campus more than I was, and I went to school there. And it's just, whew, it's just too much. Not too much in a bad way, but you know what I mean when it's just something is just like, oh, this is just too much. But it's fun and you enjoy it and you love it and you have that passion. And even though it may be it's the hardest thing you are doing in your life, it's playing college football will probably be the hardest thing I've done in my life. Nah, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. Playing college football is hard, especially in the Big Ten. I've went through a lot of stuff and some stuff that, whew, some stuff that I don't even know how I went through it. And, oh, but that's okay because I'll tell you guys on the next episode of On the Grove with Jerry. I'm Jerry. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.